Hello, welcome back to Tay Radio Marin. I am your host, Santi Hernandez. And your co-host, Annalie Reyes. And your host, Kimberly Escobar. And on today's show, we want to honor um, those who have lost their lives due to suicide. And, and we are dedicating the show for them as well as talking about suicide and mental health with two Latina moms who will be sharing their experiences with family members who have gone through um, very intense uh, moments in, in their uh, life, as well as how we can help those around us. And if we are going through uh, tough times, we can um, work it all together. So that's going to be the show today. But before that, I'm going to be handing it off to Annalie with the quote of the week. Yeah, so um, I was looking at quotes of the weeks uh, or like quotes that I can choose for to get the message out to our audience that they're not alone and to seek for help. Um, and I did wanted to remind you guys that seeking help is a build is building strength and it's not a sign of weakness. But I chose a quote to encourage people to keep going because life can be hard, but you can do it. You can um, continue. Um, um, fighting each and every day. And my quote is, don't let this be the last page of your story, but the start of your next chapter. Um, for me, I feel like it may seem like you wish like you never were to like live or stuff like that when stuff, horrible stuff happen. But if you, well, for me, I feel like time really heals um, th uh, through tough times. And once you you like wait it out or let time heal you, you see a next a next chapter in your life, and you, and you just grow because you build strength after that horrible situation that you were in. So um, yeah, I just encourage you guys to keep going in life. I love that quote. I love how it says, "Don't let this be your last page of your story," um, because we go th as young adults, we are in a phase of transitioning mm -hmm. right so from children to the adult lifehood and I think at times uh, uh, young adults have a struggle with figuring out what to do or who they yeah their careers yeah. basically mm -hmm. and I think that they face so many challenges and it causes them to think like oh this is too hard Mm -hmm. This is way too hard and I can't keep going. But I like how it says it's not the last page of your story, but it's a new chapter. Mm -hmm. And if you read a book, like a new chapter is a different, different story, different timeline. And so I think I love this quote because it, it, it really emphasized that. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to share, Kimberly? Uh, yeah, I really like it because personally I've gone through stuff and I feel like when, like, I felt like I was like, I might, I don't want to cry, but I know that. <laughs> it's okay. Let it all out. <laughs> You're good. Sorry. <laughs> I don't think I can lie. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's, it's okay. I mean, as you all can see, we're we're filming ourselves live and raw, and we're gonna share this. Today's topic is not gonna be an easy topic. It's very Bef emotional. I was even nervous. Yeah. Coming so here. because we're gonna be talking about uh, this September is National Suicide Month, mm -hmm. uh, Prevention Month, and so we're gonna be talking about mental health. We're gonna be talking about challenging times that we've had um, throughout our lifetime. So as you guys can see. 
um, we're we're being as raw as we can, um, sharing you guys our our struggles and difficult times that we've had. Um, with that being said, we're gonna bring in a, a special guest. Her name is Cristina. Cristina is involved um, with the community, and she's dedicating um, her time to work with young adults and different other people to different ages to teach them about knowing who they are, following their dreams, and pursuing that. And I've gotten to work with Christina for quite some time now. She's an amazing and powerful woman that has inspired me and my family. And uh, we've invited her today in the show because she has experienced some mental health um, ex problems in her family and with her with you know the mental health part so we have Cristina today um hi Cristina fine how are you uh, nervous very nervous <laughs> <laughs> we're with you we're all very nervous but we're here together yeah. we're so happy um uh we're all women so this is yeah, very nice right. right so it's awesome to have you here um, with that being said, I know Kimberly wants to ask you the first question of today. But first, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit for the audience? Uh, well, hi, my name is Cristina Garcia, and my first language is Spanish. So this is why I'm nervous, because, um, you know, I, I learned English in the street. I never went to school, so I hope so you guys understand my English. Uh, I'm from Mexico. I, the older and four uh, children, I have uh, three brothers and they only grow in the family. I have uh, two, uh, well, they are not teenagers, they are adults. I have two children. One, my son is 25 and my daughter is 21. And I don't know what else I can say. <laughs> I would like to ask you, how were you able to identify that your family member had a mental illness? Well, that is a little bit a uh, tough question. Uh, how I said that I went through a mental illness myself and one of my children went to since was a teenager. So it's a little bit hard question to answer because I don't know how to answer. Mental illness is something that is a little bit difficult for moms and I think so for a lot of people to recognize uh, when you have that or when you have somebody next to you. Yeah, I think so I don't know that, that I answered your question. No, I think you answered it perfectly. How that we can't, um, it's hard to identify um, because, again, you mentioned the, the whole parent. I know a lot of parents, it's hard for them to understand that, um, you know, your kids are going through some mm -hmm. some challenging and, times. Yeah, and I feel and, like. And then, and then what I said is that our culture, that we know, uh, talk about that. Uh, they not teach us about our emotions. So this is mean that when you don't have the whole picture about what are you feeling, sometimes when you're growing up, like I say, I went through, my children went through because I don't have any class to teach me, to explain it to them about it. So it's a little bit difficult, in, like a parent, 
because you go into emotions and sometimes your head says something and your heart said something else and you always believe what your head said. So wow, it's I like a little that. bit tough. Yeah. And, um, well, for me, I know that some people have different stages of, um, of like, like there's certain top, like situations that they're in and like, uh, a stage is denial. So some people might deny, um, what they're feeling. Um, and I feel like that can be a little bit more worse than, um, because like it's better to accept like your emotions and let it like if you need to cry just cry because at least for me I feel much better like after crying because um I don't know I just feel like I let everything out that I needed out mm -hmm. you know and, and the problem is that when you say about emotions they have a tons of emotions mm -hmm. but when we are we, when when I was little they only teach me three so this is mean when I became a mom, I was mom very young. I teach the same thing to my children. And you can be like nervous and not be scared. So they have a different kind of emotions that I learned now in my adult, but I wish I can, I can know before. Because when you know all the emotions that maybe they help you to be be better when life go up and down because mm. life is like that i think so life is beautiful only because we know have the right tools well i don't maybe i hope so everybody who is watching they have but when i was a teenager i know have it and when i was my children teenager i know have it i remember that when my son is start 14 years old always wanted to be staying home. And for me, that was okay. For me it was, oh, okay, I prefer him to be in school. I learned that, that that is not okay because usually when you teenagers, you wanted to be outside, you wanted to see people, you wanted to do stuff. But in that time for myself was more like, okay, that is better for me because him cannot be in trouble. So, oh, but- wow, I see that. Yeah, yeah, I see that perspective. I feel like, well, for teenagers, they usually, at least for me, um, I, like when I was growing up, I would say the same. Like I would stay home just on my phone mm -hmm. and uh, not really communicate with other people. So I was actually shy. And I feel like um, when I was in that point, I didn't really want to talk to people because I was not used to it. And I feel like that made it worse for me to communicate with other people. But I don't know about your experiences. Yeah, same. I don't like going out much, but some, my mom always, like, makes me go on a walk or something. And, yeah. And I think that's good. I, th I mm -hmm. like how uh, Christina mentioned that for her, her perspective of her son not leaving the house, it's like, oh, it's he won't be in trouble. But mentally, mm -hmm. it's super important for us to have a social life. Yeah, um, connections to with other people. Yeah, and even just going for a walk mm -hmm. or going for a run, mm -hmm. um, I think that has it's it has it does something to your mind, like it relieves everything that we think. And so when we're locked in inside, it's like it's it's hard for our, our minds to grow. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but yeah, um, I wanted to also ask you, how are you helping your loved ones now? Well, right now, I want to say that. 
I cannot help others until I help myself. And then I, I say I have it to adults. Um, and in case you talk to them, the more they are happy is because I take care of myself. I say, before I know how to cool, what is about the emotions, right? I was that feeling depressed all the time because they not teach me that what you have in your mind knows sometimes what is happening. So mm -hmm. right now I try to be more listen because I was the person who know was listen to 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 my children or to the others. So I always now unaware and sometimes you only wanted people to talk and they wanted somebody to hear. Mm -hmm. Wow, I love that. Yeah. Taking care of yourself so you can take care of others. Mm -hmm. Also, I wanted to ask you, what are coping skills that you've learned that you would share to other parents that might be going through the same thing? Well, one thing I'm going to say, and I, I know you're going to ask me a question, but like I said, I was, um, I had my children very young. I had my first son when I was 17. So, and then I have the second one when I was like 19. And I have the third one because one died, right? So I have it two alive when I was almost 22. So I know have it, my mental no was growing at the same way that mom usually because I was very young so it was a little bit I'm sorry I forgot the question told me again uh, I, <laughs> I try to you know when you uh speak when you speak in other language you always translate first and your language and then you mm -hmm. say in the second language <laughs> yeah. okay i apologize for that it's okay. no worries i think maybe you want to ask the question um because it's kind of related to um what she was asking um as a latina parent what can you tell the youth about mental health i guess and parents youth and parents oh. and parents is that we are example for them mm. the human uh the human learn 30 percent uh um hearing and 70% seeing, seeing, see it. So this is mean that we usually say to children, okay, do this, do that. But in case they don't see us to do it, it's Oof. like, well, why are I going to do it? I remember one time when, when my son is, Ke her name is Kevin. And I say many times to him, oh, I wanted you go to school. I wanted you go to school. And one day, I, and I'm so happy him stand up and he said that. He said, and then when you're going to, going to school, and I realized that we are the example for the children. And in case we wanted to expect them to do something, we the first one to do it. So this is, and, and this is not something to easy say to a parent, but we are the example for them. Yeah. So, and in case, we know doing what we wanted them to do it. How are they going to do it? Yeah, I feel And like for um, teenagers, I said that right now, look at that. They have this program that 
really helped. I saw many episodes about the program and really helped. And I know teenagers, I'm a mom. I cannot imagine that when a teenager see that kind of program uh, can be relate to them and feel open. So what I say to them is continue to see that kind of program, read a lot, uh, go outside. Uh, and in case you have a, and you mind say something negative, start walking. This is what uh, they said that in case you start walking, your mind can be, you can change the, um, the, you can change what are you thinking about it. So I say to a lot of teenagers, do something that you like upside besides the phone. Wow. Well, I wanted to add that I, I feel like parents um, are, are the first role models. I mean, they are the first ones to teach kids to do what they need to do to in order to survive. At least, um, like, know how to, like, eat your food. Like, simple tasks. Um, and I can understand your viewpoint that um, it, it's important for parents to give be a role model or set an example or an expectation so that um, kids can understand what um, they can do and learn from them as... Um, as there can also be like other people around them, like um, if they make connections with people, I feel like it's even better because there can be other mentors for you guys or for the people who, you know, you know um, yeah, who like come and ask for help or stuff like that. That's like they're learning from mentors, if that makes sense. N yeah, it makes mm -hmm. sense. Um, and just to give a little bit background for you guys, to, for Christina, she mentioned that she was struggling with some time. And um, I remember and I've seen her growth as a parent um, when she you hear her story. Uh, Christina, I'm going to share a little bit about your story yes, it's okay. that she mentioned that when she was a mom or when before she learned more about mental health and personal growth, um, that she would walk around the streets with a hoodie and she would she couldn't look at people's eyes. And Christina shares this a lot because she said that they never taught her about her emotions. Um, so how can she teach um, emotions to her kids when she didn't even know that she was going through some hard times? Um, and I remember that she mentions that I walked around with a hoodie all the time with like I didn't want to see anyone. Um, but if you meet Christina now, you, you it would be hard to believe that she was like that because as you can see now, you know, she talks, she's explaining things. And one of the biggest things I admire from her is the way she says, the way I can help my kids is by first being an example and showing them that, hey, I also went through mental, you know, mental depression and all of that. But if I can get out of it, you can too. And as, a, as I think that's so powerful that we all can do that as well. If we're struggling through some very hard things uh, emotionally and mentally, that we can be example, not just for um, if you have younger siblings, if your younger siblings see the what you do to help your mental health, it allows them to see um, ways that they can improve on their mental health. Yeah, I would also say it goes vice versa as well. Like 
um, you youth can also have parents who, you know, like you mentioned, um, suffer from mental health or mental illness. And I feel like, um, you know, youth who, who have all these resources, they can learn how to find these resources to help um, with their parents as well. Because, oh, yeah. Because for our generation, we have all these resources that we can be informed of as well. And once we help ourselves, we can also help the parents who, who have not learned from their past generations as well. Yeah, I think the culture, um, she also mentioned the culture, right? That our culture is something that we are not talked about. So to the audience, um, we know one of the big reasons why we brought two Latina moms is because as Latinos, we know that our culture, um, most of our culture, and it could be for other cultures too, that mental um, your emotional health or mental health is not really something talked about. Um, I, I grew up hearing a lot in our culture, and Christina, you can add on to this, um, when parent, if you see your, your son or daughter kind of sad or, or in, in a depression m mode or way, um, your parents usually say, um, what are you complaining about? Or why are you sad? Because when I was growing up, I had it worse. Yeah. So you you should feel blessed and you should feel yeah. this. And, and it's like you shouldn't be... Why are you feeling... So parents get mad at their children feeling that way. But it adds on that it's also the parent... It's not the parent's fault because they weren't taught that. Right? So I, I also see that. Um, and which is why we wanted to bring you, Christina, on. Because yeah. you want to add on to that? Yeah. And then... And then I laugh because I remember myself. When you say that, I say too many times to my children. I said, and I say it again, is I'm the older in four. Um, I came, I'm the one, I'm the first one came to United States. But before I started working when I was six years, six years old and take care of my all my three brothers. So when my children, when I have my own children, I was expecting them to to do the same thing I went through. And I learned that you cannot do that. Or sometimes that I said how uh, Santi said to them many times, many times, or I said to them uh, something they say, huevones, but I don't know what does that mean in English. <laughs> like lazy? Uh, mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, you know, and I say it again, I became a parent not having instructions how you can raise your children. But for Spanish community, it's more hard. And the other part is that is when you come to here and then it's more hard because you don't have your community. In my country is that you have the whole community help you to uh, help the your children. And I'm going to give example. In case you not go to school and the guy who sell ice cream see you in the street, that guy going to tell you why you not went to school. And right here, when we come to United States, is that people, they don't care. So in case they see you do something bad or in case they see you sad or in case they see you, they not ask you. In my country, people ask you, you okay? 
So it's a little bit, the other part is a little bit different as well. And I said, usually, and I don't want to say usually, but like most of the people to come for the first generation and here, they've been working since it was six or seven years old. So take a little bit our minds off to understanding that our children are different and they know need to be go through that to feel sad or to feel a lot of feelings that so yes it's hard it's it's it's, it's hard for parents and I went through that yeah I can see that um that's why I said uh, earlier that with whole mental health I think it's all um passed on at times um, because again we didn't have like especially my, our par parents generations I don't think they had the same resources that we have today so that makes um, makes it hard for people to understand mental health and the reason why we want to talk about mental health and get Christina's um, perspective is because mental health is one of the main causes of suicide um, and if if we as as par uh, you know as parents and as young adults start talking it at home, right about how to work with your emotions to understand your emotions, um, it's a less uh, higher chance of a family member committing suicide. Um, yeah, that, yeah. Th that's my take on that. And, and then I want to say is that like I tried to commit suicide three times when I was like thirteen and fourteen. Wow. And then for people who know have that feeling before, and I hope so nobody have that feeling, it's only a moment that you have so much pain that you want it to be done. So it is hard sometimes to understand that when people say that, oh, I don't want it to leave, and people sometimes no believe that. I only say take it very ser seriously when you hear somebody say that. Because I said that it's only take a second and we wanted what what I wanted in that moment is not have a pain anymore. But I'm so blessed that I continue to be alive and I know I know went through the whole thing, but I said that I was only wanted to finish the pain. I don't wanted to feel any more pain. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, thank you, Christina, for sharing um, your journey um, of being like a strong mother. I know your your family and your um, um, how do you say son and daughter are are proud of you for being strong and um, learning through uh, through so much just um, about mental health. Um, because I know that you mentioned that. Uh, you didn't really know much about mental health, and we hope that people here who are watching and listening can learn a little bit more about mental health so um, they can help people around them. Um, but that being said, we would um, we will be playing a PSA, and then we'll be back with our next guest, Dilemma Maldonado. And thank you, Cristina. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Bye.
Most of California is experiencing drought conditions this year. Although some areas are hit harder than others, the county's water management district can restrict landscape water use in times of shortage, and yours may already have. Water restrictions apply to everyone. Pay attention to local news and visit your water management district's website to find out what water restrictions impact your area. Welcome back, guys. Um, wow, that was um, a very, as for the first part, that was very um, intense um, and a lot of good topics that were brought up, um, you know, parenthood, culture, um, and all of that. So just, would you guys have anything to say before we introduce our next guest? I think I can agree that it is a hard topic, and I really appreciate our guests who are willing to talk about this uh, hard topic for them because it they're being very vulnerable and um, showing the struggles that they've gone through, and I just want to thank them for that. Yeah. Um, well, for for the, our next guest, we have um, Dilma, Dilma Maldonado, and she has experienced, again, um, family members who have gone through mental health uh, issues or, yeah, disorders, basically. And um, she has also worked close with um, people who have... Uh, had suicidal thoughts or currently are going through suicidal thoughts. So we're going to have her on. Um, hello. Guys. Hello. How are you? I am great. Thank you. How about you guys? We're doing good. Um, oh, I, we wanna, I am so happy. We want to give you time to introduce yourself. So you go ahead and introduce yourself. Okay, so first of all, I um, I want to thank you guys for inviting me for the great show that you guys have, and I am so proud of you and all of you, um, especially and on your age that you guys thinking about the community, and I am so grateful that I get to be in your show, in, and then especially in this month that we're um, in the month of prevention of suicide, and this is really hard for me to share. And this is not um, like a, something that is um, I'm happy or it, it's really sad for me, but I really, with all my heart, I wanted to share with you guys. Um, and then, so my name is Dilma and I am a mom of three children. I have two boys and one girl. And then I am from Guatemala and my second, my first language is Spanish. And then I, actually I have another language that is called Quiche. And then I, um, then my, my, my other language is English. And then, um, then I went, first I want to apologize if you guys, some of my English, you guys may not understand because I didn't go to school. I just went to college for, um, for you know, you guys know that like the first English that the basic that we need to learn. So that's what, but I'm going to try my best to share with you guys. And then, so that's all about me, I guess. And Okay, thank you for sharing about yourself and I wanted to ask, were the family members um, all experiencing experiencing the same hardships, like challenges? Um, well, it's 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 um it depends, and because you know, like um, the question that you're asking, I don't know if you're asking about like if all of the member like the family are in the same depression or committing like the same thing like as a suicide or or, or how to how do you you I know think, how do you 
yeah, I can, I, I, at least I, I think the question is probably asking, like, um, if your family, family members were both, like, all of them were struggling with a certain pressure, like, let's say, uh, like, they can't pay the bills, and all of them feel that pressure of working hard and making um, that time to, like, get the bills and pay for the bills, you know? Well, you know, it's just like, um, for me, it's, it's all depends because uh, all of we're talking about this, um, the suicide, how to prevent. Um, well, I think it's, it's some of the, not all of them, you know, I don't know if you guys are going to get me, but um, some of the families are struggling the same thing. And that's why the, the people's become, uh, or your family becomes like, um, with a mental ill, it's because of the, the, the things that it comes behind. So there's a family that um, they have, you know, they can't really uh, work on their self as what Christina was saying about, it all becomes on the background when they do that, like when, when there's a family like that. So there's like, I would say that there's family that they're struggling with the same thing and there's family that there's just one of the family member is struggling with that the challenge that they're having okay okay thank you for sharing and do you think mental illness is from generational or genetics um well I don't think so because um you know the mental illness it comes it sometimes it's because of like a family or like a mom or dad like rejections or on the background let's say like the the parents they they went to a depression but they never looked for help so and then they became like they use it as normal like i have a mental illness but i can't talk about it i can't say it because I will feel embarrassed about that. And I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna say that I have something is wrong with me. And then they cover it, like they put something on top and then, but then the kids, they see that there's something is wrong with their parents, but the parents, they don't talk about it. Then the kids, they will became the same thing. And then for me, that's what it is like. And then, but it's not um, genetic. It's just like, oh, it's where is your background is. And okay. that's how it is. So like um so it's passed on mm -hmm. basically. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I I can I sorry. <laughs> Did you want to say something? No, I was going to say that um that it's what Santi said it's passed on. It's all like if we don't if you know if we don't um if I wanted to share this because I had um in my family what what um I have a family that committed suicide, which is, um, is really sad. And then I have a, a, a family that is in a depression. So I have experienced both things. And then it's, it's really hard for me to talk about it. But if, I, if this is really helps that I wanted to do something like before I came to the show and I was talking to my family that who passed and then they said, talk to me and say it what do you want me to say so that we can prevent this so i'm sorry that i get to cry but i'm just like i uh, because i am so happy that you guys came up with the show that we talk about this that because i know that 
there is there is boys there is there is young young boys or young whatever is who's listening to this that is there is like they're they're having problems with this right now in this moment and then if we can say some word if we can say something to to prevent that and then for me that's that's that it really means everything that we're doing all of us that we're talking in the show right now we can prevent one life that is now yeah i feel like um like when the pandemic started a lot of people lost their jobs and there was just a lot of stuff happening through the pandemic and a lot of pressure on kids on youth and um at least for me in school we like throughout my high school i like experienced four loss of students so that was crazy um, to experience because I remember like walks like walking in the hallway and seeing them, and then you find out like a few months later that they committed suicide. So it is tough, and um, I'm really sorry for your family. I my condolences is for you guys, and um, you did mention that you have a family who is. Um, is experiencing mental health. I was wondering, how were you guys able to get them to seek for help? Or how did they seek for help? You know, there's two things. That's why I am. Um, so there's two things. There's one, one of my family that um, who committed suicide. And then the other one is asking for help. So there's two, two different things there. Because the other one, um, you know, he did what he did. He left us. He left us with so many questions with no answer. And then, so he didn't ask for help. He didn't ask for help. We didn't know what was what was going on with him. And then, um, so there's no way you you can help them when they don't ask for help. But there, the other one is the other side is when they ask for for help when they come to you. Like you know, I'm having this problem. I'm having this situation and then when they come to you, that means they trust you. And then when they trust you, you got to come up and look for help. And then I think that the, the most important is no judging them. Like sometimes as a parent or as, as a family, sometimes we always, the only thing we do is judging. It's like, if I'm off, if I am positive, the only thing that I would say, why would you feel like that? Because because I don't feel it and I don't know what he's feeling. And then I would say that, why are you not thankful? Why, why you shouldn't be thankful? You have your life, you have a car, you have, we come up with material stuff. And then sometimes they don't need those. They don't need those, but we just like, and then, um, so when they come and ask for help, you just listen to them. What's going on? I'm with you. Um, and then, but then you're helping them, but then look for help go on online, one of the things that I'm really thankful is Google. And then I Google everything that I can't solve, that I can't do, what can I do to help him? Sometimes he he would have said to me, you know, this is the end of my life. And then what would you say when you're when you're on the phone at the middle of the night and you know you don't know where he is? And that's when you go and, and you try to talk to them and try to listen to them. Like, that's the key word is to listen to them when they look for help. 
when what but we don't when they don't look for help there's no way we could do anything because we don't know what's going on yeah so that but yeah I feel like um some people are scared to talk to other people because they're scared that they're going to be judged like you said and Mm -hmm. I feel like when people want to tell someone else like what's going on I feel like they're really seeking for that comfort of someone telling them that's that's going to be okay and um I hope our audience does um does do that if someone is talking about their troubles um just comfort them listen to them because it, it will make a whole difference um make them feel so much better um and yeah, because mm-hmm. oh sorry no go ahead I'm sorry you're good um yeah because sometimes when they come to you and sometimes we, they come up like they would say you know my life it, it, it will be better without without me and then you guys will be happy without me and then I always says this this word like you're not alone I'm with you you and me we're together you're not alone. You're not alone. And I'm with you. Even if I'm, I'm crying at the other side and I'll become the strongest person for, for that person because he needs me. And then always let them know that they're not alone, that their problem, it's our problem. And that's the key for me. That's. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, well, for all of you guys, um, Dilma is my mom. Um, so we have struggled so much as a f- as a family with um, mental health, not necessarily in our small circle, but with you know cousins and and, and other families. And it's like she said, it's it's really hard um, because sometimes you know kind of like what she mentioned is that we say um, life is beautiful, you shouldn't be that way. But what we've learned with my mom um, is to listen to those around us and. She talks to me something a lot about the two different stories that we had about one asking for help and one not asking for help. And she calls it, it was a a silent depression. And she calls it a silent depression because the other person was asking for help, but not necessarily saying something's wrong with me. I need you to help me. So social media, for those who have social media, if you see someone posting, um, like negative negative things saying like oh life is so bad or oh i rather i rather not be here because of this that's called a silent depression at times most of the time like i think i think 95% of those posts are because they're currently asking for help in a way that they can't necessarily say it and that's what happened with um with our family member that we were left with a lot of questions. Um, When um, someone commits suicide in your family, it's so hard to, you have, you just have so many questions. Why, why didn't you ask for help? Why didn't you do this? And we get mad at, we use, we, we have different emotions. We get mad. Like, why did you leave us? Life is not better without you. We miss you. Um, and we realized like they were asking for help, but in a silent way um, because of that fear of being rejected and that fear of being said, um, oh, what's wrong with you? What are you talking about? You know, so um, to the audience, I think one of the biggest ways that um, you can help those around you is 
be alert at what your family and friends post on social media. And if you see a post that is, you know, like, oh, today was a bad day, reach out and say, hey, I hope you I hope I hope you're doing okay. If you need someone to talk to, I'm here. Um, and that is something that we've learned um, as a family, listening to those around us, because when you are in a depression, like Christina mentioned before, it's that second where it tells you, I don't want to feel any more pain and you'd rather not be here. And you make a decision that it's an irreversible decision. Um, so for those who are watching, know that if you're at that edge, that you're not alone, that there are people around you and we're doing this show because we want to make sure you guys get that message that you are valued and you are so worth beyond anything with the, all the money in this world. You are such an incredible person and that um, that you're not alone. So I just want to say that. Um, so I want to ask you, what are some signs um, there are for suicide um, or some signs that you've noticed of not just suicide, of depression and um, that you've seen throughout with your family members? Do you know one of the signs, what, as what Christina said before, I was listening to her and she said that one of the things that when, when, when they don't go outside, they want it to be inside it's one of the signs that there's something is wrong with them. And then, and sometimes, um, as I said before, that sometimes we don't permit our children to be sad. Sometimes we just like, you have to be okay. You have to be happy. You have to have a great attitude all the time, but we don't have that, um, that we get to sit down that I usually, I usually do like with my kids, I always like talk to them, but I'm always in such a rush, but I never take the time to sit down and what's really going on. I want to take the time to be with you. What is what is happening? But we don't do that. And then, so for me is um, the the um, like when they say like you know, but life will be better without you or without me. Or or sometimes they would say like, um, there's one day I'm gonna be gone and I'll never come back. So those kind of sign words that um, you we have to be aware of it. And sometimes like I would have to say that sometimes family, they don't really believe on that when they, about the suicide or about, about depression because depression comes first. Then after that comes with that, um, comes the second one, it comes the suicide because they feel like they don't, they don't deserve to leave. They feel like it, life will be better without them. And then um, when they feel like they go with alcohol or drugs or things like that. Those are kind of the sign that there's something is wrong with them. So we have to be, look for help. We have to be with them and not leaving them alone. And when the other thing, I, I will keep saying that no judging them, no judge, even if they're doing the worst, we have to have the patience to be with them because um, one of my, well, my family, my family, the one who passed, he said something but he called the wrong person. And I always ask myself, if he, if he would have called us, maybe he was still alive. If he would have looked for help for the right person, but now he's not anymore. But he said it, he, he called, he, what Sadi said, he said some things um, on Facebook or on the show, social media, and we never paid attention on that. So now that if someone tells you like, I, I'm thinking that um, 
I think my life, it, it will be better out, you know, without me. And then like call the parents or call, call someone or even make a call and call them just checking on them. I think that's all that those are the signals for me that um, it, we, we really need to look at it or when they don't talk to sometimes they you would talk to them and they don't talk to you they don't respond they wanted to be in their own world that means they need help they need us mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> well I think just everything that's been saying like what we've been talking it's a lot to take in um but I agree that we just need to be there for the people who are everyone has like different signs of communicating that they're they're hurting like or they're struggling in life and it can be like different signs but if we are able to just see that something's different from from someone or they're acting a little bit different that's just another sign of showing that like you should check on on them and saying are you okay or are you having a good day or like what's what's going on like what's bothering you and stuff like that I feel like that would help a lot um and just letting them know that you're willing to hear them and willing to not judge like you said I I feel like that's that's really helpful, especially for people who normally don't talk to people. I feel like um, like in the previous um, guest, she talked about her son who stayed home and didn't really talk to people. And I feel like um, just saying that people that just saying people who don't normally talk to people. Uh, reach out to them because maybe they they are struggling and they want help but they don't know how to communicate with that because they haven't have that community communication or experience of talking to people or friends to talk to yeah um i think um suicide and mental health doesn't have a face or a demographic it doesn't have an age or whether you're white or black or male or female it can it can be anyone around you um and like like Demma mentioned that I think the most important thing is to be aware of those around you and have the mindset of not judging even when they're doing things that are really tough having the 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 courage to say I'm gonna be patient and I'm gonna help you through this because I know my mom and I, we've experienced some very difficult times where we're like, um, what do we do? Um, and like she mentioned, for you guys, um, just we're almost in, at the end of the show. And just to give you guys some ways you can help prevent f- family members or friends um, and helping them through their challenging times. One of the things that we did with my mom and as a family was we used Google and we used, um, I know when we first heard that our family member who's currently going through, he's recovering, um, we were like, everybody else, everybody around in our family was telling us the opposite of what we were doing. Everybody's like, oh, you should yell at him. You should, you should tell him he's doing the wrong thing. And then I remember my mom was watching a documentary about how to help people with um with with mental health problems and stuff and she was like telling us no we have to listen 
there's something wrong when we need to get to the bottom of it. You can't just, um, you know, clear the, the, the surface. Really have to help them and understand them. And so for us, we ended up using Google. We ended up searching up hotlines. Um, and so for those uh, um, who are listening, if you have someone or if you are currently someone who's struggling um, with with or has um, suicidal thoughts or anything like that, uh, call the number 800-273-8255. Again, it's 800-273-8255. And you can, just talk to someone. Can I add something? Yeah, yeah, or go ahead. If you're deaf or hard of hearing, hearing you can call one 800 800-799-4889 or if you want to use the crisis text line you uh you can text um by texting home to 741741 and it again um 741741 so those are some resources that are out there for you we will be linking some um um in the facebook comments and on instagram we'll be listing a link for where you can um a doc a pdf about a sign warning signs of people who are going through a suicidal thoughts so what kind of like what um my mom mentioned the the language that they use because when people are in the suicidal um with suicidal thoughts their vocabulary changes they use the phrases of the world is better off without me and oh i'm gonna go and i'm never gonna come back those are vocabulary things that change, and I know that um, um, sometimes it's it's you would if you're someone who's not aware of what's going on, you wouldn't know that that's what they're they're saying. Um, but you being there and saying that's not true. The world is not better without you. The world is so much better with you in it. I need I need you in my life, you know. So it's you are valuable to my life. So all of that. Um, with that being said, do you have any uh, last um, things you'd like to tell the audience? Um, advice um, regarding mental health, suicide, or anything in general? Yes, I think the the main thing I would say is just like whoever is watching the show, if you have a family or a neighbor or you see who's going through this and tell him that they're not alone. And then actually I can even say this, that I'm, I'm, I'm here if whoever needs me, that I'm here to help someone. Um, and then, and I, again, I'm really, really happy that you guys are talking about this. And then um, without, uh, without saying goodbye, and then I wanted to say you guys, like how would we um, support the families if there are families that uh, they have families committed suicide, it's just not saying anything, not asking question. You know, one of the things is like when, when you hear someone passed, what happened? What did happen to him? It's just like, I'm with you. It's okay. I'm with you. If you don't want to talk about it, I'm with you. I'm here. Just show that you're there. Like you're there for them. And then, so thank you guys. Thank you for, I hope I, it helped you guys, but, um, I'm really happy in that you guys talk about this and then thank you. Thank you so much. And you guys um, doing such a great, great, great show. Thank so you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And um, we're at the end of the show and just for everybody who's listening, um, this is a really hard topic to talk about. Um, 
for all of us. As you all can see, we're 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 being everything here is raw and live, but we really wanted to talk about this because we know the importance of making this uh, mental health and learning about your emotions more. Um, how did you say more? More talked about. More talked about because um, a lot of people don't have that opportunity. So as always, you're one of a kind. You're beautiful. You are worth so much. And the world is not better without you. The world is better with you. And you're full with so many talents and incredible things. Um, and the world needs to see that. You need to see that. So that's all for me. Do you guys have any last things Do you want to say? Um, just thank you for being here um, and listening and watching. And hopefully this was helpful for you guys. Yeah, thank you so much for watching. And please, you're not alone. You always ta talk to someone who you're close to. It can be a friend, anyone, even like a school counselor. They somewhat help. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for the, the two guests who came on here. Also for uh, the backstage, Javier, who's here with us, uh, working everything. So thank you guys, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.